you for joining us on another edition of the Comics Pals Reviews. We're going to be talking about three of this week's three. biggest book releases. Uh, we're talking about Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow, Batman Detective, and Proctor Valley Road number two. So we're going we're gonna to kick things off with Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow. Uh, but before we do that, I must inform you that if this is your first time listening to the Comics Pals, we do a weekly podcast every single Monday that does not include Tyler Olson, uh, who nope. is here today. Um, actually, it does include Tyler this week. But uh, we talk about these characters and so many more in all the different places you can find them. We also dive into the news of the industry and what's happening in comics in general uh, so you can listen to that, and you can also check out our We Watch series. We're talking Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Invincible on two different shows. So check those out as well. And let us know what you think about the books we're talking about today by writing to us at thecomicspals.gmail.com. Follow our podcast wherever you're listening to it. If that's YouTube, hit the subscribe button, drop a comment, share the video with your friends. All that jazz, free to do, helps us, costs you zip. Without further ado, let's talk about Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow. This is by Chip Zdarsky, Pasquale Ferry, and Matt Hollingsworth. Uh, all of them, by the way, are so talented at what they do, um, and that is on display in this, uh, this issue. This is actually a what-if comic, and this is Marvel's new way of presenting what-if. Uh, if you'll notice, if you've got the book uh, in the top right corner there, it does say what-if Traditionally, what-if comics are one-offs. This is a what-if series, and it's presented with a bit of a more serious tone. It's not as, you know, jokey or comical. It's a, it's a serious story. No uh, Aunt May's Galactus here. No, none of that. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's, let's talk about it. Um, basically, the idea is what if Peter Parker got never got rid of the symbiote? Like, what if he retained it? and fully bonded with it and didn't want to let it go basically that's the idea what do you guys think of it i thought this was pretty good i liked it i think chip did a good job i think it got a little exposition heavy at points but that didn't bother me here it's not like there was just an overwhelming amount of uh, bubbles or or or, uh, thought bubbles or whatever throughout the, the issue which can really weigh down Uh, single issues from time to time and uh, I think the art was really good especially as we see Peter's violence escalating I think uh, Ferry and Hollingsworth did a really good job with both the character designs and the coloring Um, I don't know if I like this being four issues but as far as this issue goes I think it was good do you do you mean that and like you want it to be longer or shorter shorter okay maybe we'll see but I, my intuition tells me this doesn't need to be four issues so you, tyler okay right on. well i gotta figure out how to how to talk about comics on a podcast again um <laughs> so a couple of things jumped out to me first i don't understand the branding um so what if they're coming out with a brand new what if disney plus tv show right. you would think the branding of what if would be a little bigger on this it's on the title so you don't really see it in the solicitation um you see it in the description for it and then there's back matter on it and then it gets this little logo in the top corner i do like that logo though it's a good logo yeah, yeah. once i i didn't notice it on the cover i noticed it in the the back matter i bet we see a big push when the uh when the show comes out 
I, think I agree. This is probably I just, just something they yeah. had in the in the tank and wanted to get it out. You think they had this in the tank first and then decided, oh, now it's the time to bring it out. We can put this like spider. Well, I mean, there's you know, there's not a Spider-Man one in uh, in the show, is there? I don't think there is. No, I don't not think as we, far as I know. Do we know yeah. everyone? We don't. I don't even think we know everyone in the show. But yeah, I don't think they're, they've been mentioned of it. Just to clarify, um, uh, the reason this book happened is because. Chip Zdarsky wanted to do a what if story. He had this idea and they kind of were like, okay, well uh, now would be a good time to bring back. What if anyways, let's just do it like that. Okay. So that's how this came about. Um, I think it's a good, I, I, it's a good issue. I think it's good. It's not necessarily what I want. Hmm. Um, when I read Spider-Man, I want to read a, a, a Spider-Man I can enjoy. Um, this is, depressing <laughs> uh it's just not the flavor of spider-man i want i know chip can write the perfect spider-man some of chip's spider-man work has been my favorite spider-man within the last decade um so i can i can view this as being good for what it is it's just not what i want um yeah, it's just it's a little too gloomy for me for a Spider-Man book. It's not what I want to read when I read Spider-Man. Like I think the art's good. I think the coloring was a little a little weird in some I, places. I agree. Yeah. I feel like the particularly the normal like figures of people look yep. waxy. Yep. It's exactly what I, I view like um who's the guy? Uh, LaRocca. It's oh, it's the okay. way LaRocca's colored, where it's like the art tells me, like the pencils tell me, oh, this should have flat colors on it, but instead it's like the colors add depth where you know, it's it not really there it reminded me of um and this is gonna be really specific in spider-man 500 they Very. do a um uh an homage to uh john romita senior and what i mean by that is john romita senior draws like the last scene in the book but he's colored by the same person that i think yeah. did john romita jr who was on the title at the time and did the whole issue um, and it looks exactly like you're describing, and it reminded me of this book. How about you, Pete? So, um, I I like this issue. I I like uh, Chip Spider Man, and I I think um, I get the impression that the things and the runs from Spider Man that are really close to my heart seem to be close to his too, because I feel like he goes to a lot of wells that um, that I vibe with. So, like. I I definitely um I get where you're coming from Tyler in terms of like I don't want like doom and gloom in my Spider-Man comics all the time yeah. but I also think that um this arc is like is rife for that so yeah. the idea of of this being the conduit for that kind of story I think does work and it is the kind of thing of like because it is like a four issue what off uh what off is what I said. I meant what if. Um, it it worked for me because I'm going into it with that understanding that like this isn't supposed to be a uh, Spider-Man story like for its own sake. Like it's specifically in the 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 front page. Um, it says this story takes place around the time of Amazing Spider-Man 258, and like it it's very much supposed to be like feeling like it slots in in that time period. And I think it does that really effectively. Um, I think the art has a bit of that more classic feel to it, 
my issues with the color notwithstanding. But I think even um, something that Phil identified early that like it's a little expositiony and there's like a lot of um, a lot of captions and stuff. I actually liked that because it felt like it was setting me in the time period and yeah. it made it feel like this felt like um, a meaningful throwback comic where like it was really chip trying to like get in the headspace of when this was canon and Mm -hmm. and zag um and i think for for me and as somebody who like this era of spider-man and and kind of marvel um yeah marvel love marvel um no i'm just kidding (laughs) this period of marvel in general yeah yeah yeah, this, this era of marvel um speaks to me a lot and it, it, those are the books that were really form formative to me as like a teenager and as a, a fan of marvel um that i do like when books can kind of tap into that vibe and do it right and for me this this hit those notes so um i'm sure it's gonna go to some dark places and be be kind of a fucking bummer but i don't know i'm kind of here for that for whatever reason like it it's it it the tone is right enough, and it got me enough that I'm like, I, I'm digging what he's selling. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Sean. I, I really like this. I thought this was great. Um, you know, I, I love the the you know the Venom story, the symbiote story. I think it's it's awesome, and you know, as a Spider Man is extremely dangerous, right? Like. If he didn't care, if he was just unleashed, he would be very, very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's lucky that he's actually a really good human being, because if he wasn't, that'd be a problem. And the fact that he also has to deal with like a lot of crap in his life and that at, at times his life sucks like this period, um, you know, him going down a dark road is not impossible. And when you add on the symbiote to that, it makes it all the more real. And we know that because it happened, but he was able to pull himself out of that. So the question of, well, what if he couldn't is something that I'm really compelled by. Yeah. Um, because that's human too. So I really love that element. I think that the art was really strong. Uh, Pasquale Ferry is, is just generally amazing, but I think he did a good job of evoking an older style without being slavish to it. Um, the coloring's unfortunate, and I don't think it's always. It's kind of weird because I don't think that the book starts off that way. I think the first page, like Aunt May and Mary Jane, the way and, and Black Cat, the way they're colored, their faces, they look fine. But then, you know, even like the next page, it starts to get a little weird. Yeah, and Matt so, Hollingsworth is like one of like the colorists. I think absolutely. Of, you know? I was really yes. surprised because like when you get to the page where MJ shows up in his room in the middle of the night, I was like, her face looks terrible. And I went and I was like, who's on colors on this? And I was like, Matt Hollingsworth? I was like, really? Yeah. Something about it's, it's, it. Is it I, lack of detail in the penciling that it's trying to be made made up for in colors? Uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint where the issue was. Something about it just feels off. Like I like I the way I, the faces feel waxy to me. And I I I feel like that's good. I like it though, because it feels like almost fever dreamish. Like as as we start accelerating in, into the background colors, like when you see Black Cat on the roof with Peter, like these warm blues and oranges, as we descend 
into what happens at Aunt May's house with nothing but these harsh oranges and, and, and reds. And, and I feel like it reflects on the characters' faces. Like, it's like, it, this is a scenario where Spider-Man's in a nightmare. And, you know, in, in the real continuity, he's able to pick himself up just before he hits rock bottom. But this is a story where he falls right to rock bottom. I, I dug it personally. Yeah, um, the only moment of of the art that I was like that I I in my read was like eh, was actually the very end where Spider Man's costume changes. Mm-hmm. I thought that looked kind of crappy. Um, the design of it, yeah, I didn't think the design was that cool, and I also just didn't think that um, it was depicted very well. Um, like the eyes are a little weird, um, but. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this. I'm here for the ride, and I can't wait to see what Chip has to say because I already said that I think this is an interesting time period in Peter's life, and there's a cool story to be told. But what does he have to say about Spider-Man in this? That's what I'm interested in. And we're led to believe that's Venom at the end, I'm guessing, right? Like this is a – is this Peter succumbing to become Venom? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Spider-Man no. Venom, yeah. Yeah. No. That one spread where it's like the black suit Spider-Man swinging throughout the the city, and like it's just flat black for the suit. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, um, I helped. I think that really kind of made the black suit pop in an otherwise gloomy for a reason book. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'll um, I'll keep reading it. Ditto. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. it. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, definitely let's let's talk about batman detective uh so this is a book by tom taylor uh with art by andy kubert uh who it's uh it's really great to see him uh on the book and then uh who's it who's it brad anderson on uh on colors correct yes or, or letters rather yeah um uh, colors yep. colors colors yeah um so this is one of six and it takes place in current continuity. Um, this appears to be a story that takes place basically right after Alfred dies. And um, Batman's just like, you know what? Screw Gotham. I'm out. I'm going to go do something else. And by the way, maybe I won't come back. This feels like a Batman who's on the road towards the Dark Knight Batman. Um, and by Dark Knight, I mean Frank, Frank Miller's um stories if he feels like that dark knight um and i personally did not think that this made any sense thank you hmm. yeah did not yeah. like okay. that aspect of it at all yeah um orphan twice was a line here yeah I you're not an orphan really... if your second dad dies when you're like a fucking grown man that's just called you're, you're he's just dead no, you're, your you're a double orphan at that point yeah your dad's <laughs> just dead you're not an orphan <laughs> so uh first of all this is not congruent with other batman stories that are also happening in continuity batman yeah i had an issue like with that. that yeah yeah he doesn't talk like that this is not where he the character's at and i'm a stickler for that type of stuff i know not everyone is um, but it matters to me that the current version of the character be consistent if it's not an Elseworlds or what if or whatever. So um, this just didn't make any sense to me from that perspective. And also in any version of Batman, I do not believe 
he would ever forsake Gotham. I don't buy that at all. That's stupid, in my opinion. And I get why Tom did it to an extent, but you could have him go have an adventure elsewhere without that type of dialogue. It's cringy and too dark for no reason. Sorry, Phil. It happens all the time. He goes away and does something else somewhere else when he has to. Like that's part of the like fabric of the character's publication history. It's Batman Inc. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, there's even more ties to that. Yeah. Even uh, even further back like the the whole neil adams run established mm-hmm. uh batman more as like a, a, a james, bond, james bond figure yeah sure a world traveling spy type that you know worked great when we see bruce wayne with like the john cena like super fade haircut i was like what the here, fuck is with that man i was like we're in trouble <laughs> yeah, i have no dude. issues with that type of haircut but on bruce wayne it feels it's like off it, it feels fit. off I enjoyed this. Oh yeah, shit! Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought I'm in so that there. camp. I'm in that camp with you, Tyler. So I, I initially, I did have like the the shell shock. Like, oh no, I know what's happening with Batman after Alfred dies. Like, I'm reading that story already. Like, he gets an, arp- an apartment in the middle of Gotham and he starts working on the ground level. Uh, so I was like, oh, what the fuck? This isn't how the story goes. And then I got over it. Like, <laughs> like I just decided, all right, DC is convoluted with their continuity just screw it let me just read the story for what the story is uh, and then they they brought in a uh, knight and squire and i was like all right you got me you got bring any batman ink character in and i will instantly be at least somewhat um uh, in for the ride and i love knight and squire oh did you ever read the paul cornell knight and squire mini no i, I haven't oh, been able to find so, it I'm, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's in print it. anymore it's really good though um yeah so i you know i like that i'm a fan of uh Andy Kubert's art, it's a little dated, especially with the hairstyle. Um, it's hard seeing like the more modern Bruce Wayne drawn by Dan Mora um, in an ongoing Batman book and then kind of get to this more, I guess, dated style, especially when it comes to like clothing, costume and just design. Um, he looks like fucking Frank Castle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah, does. he is. Yeah. Um, even the, he, even I, the Batman suit is just strange it feels I, like nightmare uh nightmare batman from the yeah, Snyderverse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly what i was thinking it's the exact same fucking look i i also dug this like it, it i'm not following any of the series for batman i don't know where it stands so for this to be i took this as just like all right this is a one-off story i don't necessarily care about what's going on yeah. um outside of it and i mean it was uh, for me well-paced you know filled with uh action moments that i, I enjoyed and cubert art uh, i really really enjoy that stuff um uh he, he's always colored uh, i don't know if he's always is but he gets colored by brand anderson a lot and i think they work really really well together mm-hmm. and um it was one of the things that he had done in master race three so some of that or dark knights three master race okay um <laughs> very unfortunate name for that book <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> i don't know how that got through but he uh the 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 combination there i think works really well and it, it pulls through even on, on on this front as well some of the stylings were similar to that book like you could see it in the faces they were trying to like evoke almost uh kind of like frank millerish vibes so i think because i got some of that out of it it, I enjoyed it for the art piece. Uh, and then the story, I just thought it was, you know, a fun little romp with Batman going else, elsewhere. I, I didn't necessarily have issue with him saying, I'm going to peace out of Gotham because obviously he's going to go back. So I don't 
care what he has his his opinion is now because later it's going to change um and uh, yeah i mean so this was fun and, and i've always wanted a good batman detective story you know mm. like like for years it's always you know the, the scott snyder court of owls and there's event after event after event and then tom king's run which was this more character driven piece where like i do kind of just want like a mystery story um, i'm not too sure this book sold me on a mystery um, right especially with these these white batman and one of them apparently has like sharp teeth like i didn't know what that was but i was at least interested enough to know all right bruce is going full detective mode um which is like my favorite part of those batman arkham games um so just seeing that in a book and i don't know change of pace a bit it's like a different flavor of batman that i can that i can take i don't know if this will be the good detective book that you want but I don't know does, either. Yeah, it does. It does pay off with satisfying moments, um, like his little fight with Gentleman Ghost. To a neat design here, mm-hmm. and the way they explain that away, that felt like a very Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns type moment. I did and get the, a kick out of that. Uh, the part, the, the part where she's like, "Oh, what'd you do to impress her?" And he's like, "I have no idea what you mean." And yeah. she's like, "I punched a ghost." <laughs> that's one. That's one thing about the art is the way uh, when he's Batman, you can tell Cubert uh, does this really incredible thing of like. When he's being Batman, his whole face is covered. It's blacks. But then you'll get these little peaks of Bruce underneath. In that line specifically, he's just got this smirk. Mm-hmm. Or like when he's uh, when he asks, uh, you know, how Knight is while she's in the uh, in the hospital, and uh, she says, uh, "Oh, that's nice that you asked asked me about that before immediately diving into the case." And he he says something to the effect of, uh, "Oh, the influence of your your protege, you know, brought that out." You can see just the little hints of Bruce Wayne in there, um, and I thought the art showcased the dichotomy there really, really well. That's a tremendous call out, Kill, um, and uh, that's really cool. But again, I have to say, is it consistent that the same character who's so grim and dark that he would say? I'm leaving Gotham and never coming back. I'm in the Norfin twice over, blah, 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 would smile and go, I punched a ghost. Like that just doesn't, that doesn't feel right to me. Sean, it's okay. Harley's got Gotham. She's got it under control now. Right. <laughs> yes, of it, it, it does make him seem like he's got uh, um, like a peanut for her brain. I'm I an mean, orphan twice <laughs> over. I'm, I'm leaving Gotham. I'm never coming back again. I punched a ghost. <laughs> I mean, when you get that haircut, you probably have lost a couple of brain cells. Like, um, but yeah. So I, for me, um, I thought this was fine. It didn't. It did really didn't like do much for me. It didn't catch my attention. Um, I think mostly just because it felt. It just felt kind of um, familiar and like not in a bad way, but just in a like, I feel like I can already like read the tea leaves of like where this story is going to go and like what the beats of it are going to be. And like, I could be wrong, but like the whole like, I, I, I do agree with Sean that the the setup feels a little bit contrived and feels like a little bit like out of character in general. Um, I'm sorry, Sean. It's forced. Yeah, and and that and is enough in a Batman story for me to feel like okay, like whatever. Um, but I think then it's on top of that where it's like he's like, 
ah, yes, the mystery. Someone's taking away all the lives that I've saved. And it's like, it's not a, it's not like an inherently stupid pitch. It's not, you know, but like, it kind of is, you know, like it, it, it feels very trite and like, it could be good. It could be a fun Batman romp where the stakes aren't extremely high and it is just kind of like Batman's going to go on an, an adventure across the world and solve murders and like, okay, fine. But like, I don't really care about that. Like, I've read a lot of Batman stories. I've had a lot of Batman media. And I just feel like when you get to, like, the greatest hit stuff like that, it feels a little bit like, okay, I can take it or leave it. It could be dumber, man. He could have been like, I'm going to get the fish and chips. Yeah, it could have been a post-apocalyptic story where he walks around with the Joker's head tied to his belt. Yeah, it could have been dumber. But, like, I've read those (laughs) dumbass Batman stories, too. I don't know. Like, Do I need another one? Nah. I did have one issue. Um, the the monologue in my Batman, the way it was colored, I didn't realize it was Batman it, like originally. Yeah, it was it's it's Same. they're blue boxes. I've been traditionally, I guess, um, forced to recognize Batman as like a gray or a black box, with maybe like a white or yellow text. It just threw me. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is like old school Batman coloring. For that's why he has the gloves. It's old Batman, guys. But those were Constantine's gloves, which and these are blue. That 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 call out though uh my last opinion is if you want a detective batman story read the batman's grave by warren ellis and brian hitch i think that 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 got that scratched that itch for me more than this cool my let's scratch that hitch for you or you know what the island of mr mayhew was pretty good huh yeah it's pretty good uh-huh pretty good pretty good marco I was gonna make a bad pun. Uh, I was gonna oh. say Sean, Sean started <laughs> off cold. Pun. Yeah, Sean started off cold on this issue, but it looks like it's getting colder. I... You know, Marco, that was a real gentleman ghost thing for you to say. To point that out. No. Okay. Let's put a Mr. Freeze on this, huh? Oh my. Oh god. my fucking god! Yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah, of, what are we? A bunch of jokers? <laughs> oh. Kale, Kale beat me to it. Wow. <laughs> this is my super villain origin story. It's this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Proctor Valley Road. Uh, so this is by Grant Morrison and Alex Child, who wrote uh, Naomi Franquise and Tamra Bonvillain. Um, so we we generally enjoyed the first issue. I think Kale didn't like it. Um, but uh, for the most part, we liked it. Uh, Tyler, you are new to the series. You actually read both issues for mm-hmm. this. So, so apologies if I get them mixed up, uh, what, what happens in each. But yeah. What's your overall thoughts? Uh, it didn't feel like uh, a Grant book. I felt like uh, yeah. this is Grant's idea written by Alex Child. Yeah. Um, mainly because it's a Grant Morrison book that I could follow. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that, that no, is I, I mean exact... that. I mean that in a loving way. I completely identify with that, Tyler. Yes. <laughs> oh my Grant, fucking God. Grant Morrison is like my top two favorite writers of all time. Their stuff is what I started on. It's like my Bat run, Batman run was Grant Morrison. I have a literal shelf of books, like a whole shelf that's just Morrison Omnibuy. Is that the plural of omnibus? That works. So. Sean, I have an altar. We understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have a, the, the, the altar of Morrison. So I love it. It just didn't really feel like it. I think it felt like a, a Morrison premise, you know, but 
in the execution, it didn't feel Morrison-y. That's not to say I didn't like it. I did enjoy it. I thought it was fun. Um, I'm a big fan of Tamara Bondolin's uh, coloring. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I really like the how colorful things can be. It's, it's what kind of comics I like. Um, I thought some of the dialogue seemed a little out of place for the time. Um, but also I wasn't alive in the seventies. So what the fuck do I know? I don't know how fucking you know? people talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just didn't feel, it, it feel, felt a little too modern for me. Why isn't everyone um, saying groovy every page? Yeah. Don't people say zoinks and jinks? They didn't smoke enough weed. I think <laughs> is the problem for me, but <laughs> they were apparently doing like cremini mushrooms or something. Yeah. But, yeah magic mushrooms. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I, I like the, the use of music in it. Um, and, and music lyrics to kind of set the tone for certain scenes that I enjoyed. Uh, I like the uh, 90% female cast and they're, they're not traditional um, characters, especially we see it for, for media around the time. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. And the monster uh, designs are really cool. So. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this book, man. I I had a good reaction in the first issue, and and this one, um, I thought it, it kept the momentum up for me. Like I, I think I just really like period pieces about teenagers. I've realized I don't know why that's a thing that works for me, but it does. Um, and yeah, I think I'm I'm right with there with Tyler in terms of like I think the use of the things that are contemporary of the era, um in moderation is working for me. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. that's a thing that you, I think you hit sometimes too hard when you do the period piece thing is like, yeah. it's the seventies. Look how the seventies this is. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a little more subtle than that. Yeah. And I like that about it. I, I not to cut you off, but I felt like the yeah. art, uh, like the, the clothing design feels like what a, someone our age would think the seventies look like. Um, it didn't really seem, I don't know as of the times as it was um yeah it's interesting because grant was obviously alive in the 70s uh and how they typically write books is they'll write like they'll draw it themselves as they go so i i wonder you know there's a lot of speculation here among the six of us of how how involved grant really is in, in this book uh Makes me wonder how involved they are with the character designs too. These feel like Grant beats. Yeah. The beats yeah. of this of this story feel. What likely happened is Grant did the broad strokes. Grant set up the story, the 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 arc, the narrative, and then Alex filled it in. He did the same thing with the book that he did for about they. the. Um, I'm sorry, they did the same thing in the book about. Uh, the uh, I want to say it was the Hindu gods book. 18 days 18 days that was a book where Grant came up with the idea and the concept and stuff but other people wrote it it's and I what, think this is that it's kind of what Akira Toriyama is doing with Dragon Ball at this point just coming up with the beats and other people fill it out right and I there were there were spaces in the book where that was so transparent it kind of bothered me uh, in, in this issue, particularly the second one, where I was just like, I don't feel like this is how Grant would handle this. Um, and I, in general, enjoyed this issue less than the first one, I think. 
Yeah, I had a very similar reaction where the first one I was like introduced to the concept in the world and like like getting it. But to what Tyler said, I feel like, I don't know how else to describe it, but I feel like uh, Grant usually operates in this nebulous space above my head, but this yeah. is too much grounded in my skull for me to be like, I don't know if this is a book that Grant would write because while the beats are there, but there's, you know, a... Uh, one of the kids comes back and there's like the little quip need a light and it shows him, but he, the, the guy disappears. I feel like, like that's like a moment and a reveal, but um, I don't know that it's one that the character would react to in sort of the same way. And there, there are definitely moments here where I thought the book was just okay in the way that characters delivered lines in general beats. There was a moment where um uh, one of the girls, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, she's just like balancing teapots for like, a quick second. And then that's like all we get from her. And I, I guess these are moments to build out character development and to sort of see where they are in their, in their own lives. But I think it would have been handled differently had Grant been the one sort of managing the actual execution piece because we would have gotten maybe more focused issues around these characters um, and explored quirkier things outside of like, I, I can see the girl who wants to be an astronaut. I, I can see her entering some sort of like dream state where, you know, she, she's like actually flying and there's some shit, right. Uh, because she's exploring her imagination about it and her dreams and aspirations. And you can see that through um, the art when worked in collaboration with Grant, I, 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 I would think. I, I don't think that's a, it's like we're, hold, we're, we're holding Grant to an, a standard of, of what we think of them when they write things like Doom Patrol or yeah. Arkham yeah. Asylum and things like that. But when Grant, not that he's, not that they're the sole writer here, but often when I feel like they're working on a title that is clearly with the intention of being an adaptation for something else, I think it's a little more grounded typically. I think of things like We Three, I think of things like Happy, you know. Happy's uh, grounded? No, but it's not, it's not ethereal. It is. It's, it's, yeah. it's, oh, it grounded in what? No, well, I, I, I get what I Phil's, don't think it's heady. I get I get what Phil yeah. means though. Like I, I I to me like reading this, it, it reminded me of like how I felt when when we read Klaus for the book club, yes. where I was like, yeah. yeah, like it still is like the context mm -hmm. of it is like a weird Grant Morrison High thing, concept kind of thing, but not necessarily an execution. Yeah, and and to me like those are the things by Grant that like I I like more usually because like I I get kind of exhausted by some of that stuff sometimes like the like it's so heady that it's like it feels a little um i don't know i, I guess it's it's so far removed that i i you can't connect with it yeah and, I understand. and it's like i can appreciate the craft of it but i don't emotionally connect with it in a way that feels like i don't know um grounded enough for me you know, because I'm I'm down for things to get weird and far away from being grounded, but like I think sometimes um, the way that Grant can kind of write about like <laughs> our place in the universe and mes metaphysical energy and all these kinds of things, that I'm just like, all right. Yeah, so you're not gonna get the the Brotherhood of Dada in this book, but this this seems like <laughs> like this is not a knock, but like this is exactly what I imagine a Grant morrison boom book to be does that make sense sure yep yeah 
like got boom that, i got that sort of lumberjanes feel to it yeah more accessible maybe uh aimed at a more ya audience you know kind of has the the this not the stink but the smell of like oh this could be used somewhere else you know this could be adapted in some other sense yeah grant's um, made it very clear for the last like decade that they want their stuff adapted for yeah. movies and tv shows that's like the next step of their career yep they look at people like mark millar uh you know anyone that you can Earth think Man. of remender stuff like you know Grant's in that caliber of, of creator, you know, probably in another tier above them. That's not a slant against anyone else. Grant's just a giant pioneer on your Mount Rushmore of comic book creators. You know, they want that money. And that's all cool. That has nothing to do with yeah. me thinking that this issue wasn't as good as the first one. Um, I, I, I just didn't connect with the things that this issue does in the same way. I'm surprised Marco feels that way because there is a vomit scene. <laughs> and I thought that was where you kind of would connect. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't not hot, but <laughs> why is that a <laughs> <work> choice? <laughs> huh? Do we um do we know if this is a ongoing or a mini? Like, do we know the the length of this? I'm not sure. That we I don't do know. know. Yeah, I'm I looking at the the solicits. I can't really tell because it felt nothing. like it was it almost was moving a little too quickly in a way. I feel like it's a mini. Yeah, like it's it, it feels like the pace of a mini. Huh. Um, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, it doesn't set the characters in a sandbox so much as it kind of feels like a static, uh, a, a thing that that has a, a a conclusion that's close that we're building towards. Yeah, yeah. You know what um, it feels like? It feels like this could be adapted into like a board game of some kind. A board. Where there's like these monsters, and you have like these four main characters that are women that you can play as in a game because they all have like very, um, uh, you know, concrete personality archetypes. Sort of, uh, this feels like a prototype for like a tabletop game to me. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I I I get what you guys are putting down, but I think for whatever reason, like it's it's hitting a. It's hitting a, a a right note for me because it is, um, like Tyler said, it's it's fun. This is your wheelhouse, kind of. It's it's like it's light, you know. Like uh, I I don't know. I I think like I don't always need something to be like over the top, like blowing my my hair back. Like for whatever reason, like it, it feels comfortable in a way that um, I'm I'm vibing with. Okay. Like you're saying, it's light when a, a girl's arm is having maggots come out of it. But I agree Just with nice you. Just nice and light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Marco, what, what, what adjective would you use to describe that, buddy? Uh, H-O-T hot. <laughs> mm. I, I, I did just pull something up. So it turns out that this is in partnership with UCP Graphic, which is an extension of Universal Studio Group. Yeah, um, and yep. it looks like they're also going to be producing an adaptation of Proctor Valley Road for television. Yep. That's mm. not surprising. Yeah, that... that, that... Nailed it. That's that tells me everything I need to know about where this book is going. Yeah. Yep. I don't want to read Stranger Things light for the rest of this for the rest of the run. I would love to see Grant do something unique and special in that space. And I thought the first issue was like building towards that type of thing. But knowing what you just told me, there's no reason for me to continue with this book because that just that makes me feel like it's going to be very straightforward. Mm -hmm. Probably. It's no Joker. <laughs> no Whatever. joker issue number two right the third issue. i won't i won't know what that book is like in one more issue we'll, we'll see, see. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, let us know your thoughts about these books. We we tackled three of the biggest books that came out this week, and we will continue to do so. But if you guys at home have any thoughts about the books that you want us to read, write in, let us know, and we will read them. We're very open to that, uh, especially on a weekly basis. It's really easy for us to pick up a book and say, okay, let's, let's review it. So uh, if you want us to do that, you guys do us a quick favor and leave us a follow or a rating or a review wherever it is that you listen to us. Write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com and uh, come hang out with us on Discord. I think you guys will have a great time, especially if you are a regular listener of our podcast. Uh, A lot of the people that we reference on the show, like Tyler, uh, hang out on the Discord server and uh, you can get more access to us, except for Phil. That's true. Yeah, Phil, what the fuck? He's got to go to the the Weeb server for that one. That's the only one I see Phil in. I pop in there every once in a while. I'm not very online. What can I say? You pop in there when you get a nice collection to show off. That's right. It's all about (laughs) me, baby. My narcissism. (laughs) Uh, With that, we're the Comics Files signing off. Until next time. Take care, guys. See you next week.